Welcome to Flyover Footy. Uh, Phil here. We got a, a full house. Maybe the fullest house we're going to have for a long time, maybe ever. Then uh, that's first on the list. Uh, but before we get to that, let's introduce everybody because it has been a while. We're back in the saddle, as we're saying here. Um, we've taken a long break and we got to start prepping for this draft in the beginning of preseason and then the real season. And then we're really rolling. So first off, Matt Baker, how's it going? Going great. Finishing up the World Cup, ending the hiatus. Mm-hmm. Feels like we're uh, taking some, taking the training wheels off again and getting back, like you said, on the saddle. I'm excited for where we're about to go. Yeah. In some ways, like just like one more big step and then we're like right where we were last year, like preseason, trying to learn what the players look like, except, except better. Well, I won't talk about that. Jake, how's it going, man? <laughs> Good. Uh, I've got some whiskey yes. to celebrate and be sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going really. I will say, uh, over the last like year plus, when I've been doing this podcast with you guys, like my life situation wasn't always the best. But hey, things are looking way up, so I'm I'm feeling really good, really good. Yeah, and I'm really excited. So first on first on the uh, books today in the episode, uh, Stu, how are you doing though, man? Stuart? Stuart? Good. <laughs> My uh, school semester is over. I'm uh, cruising to the super draft season and season for 2023. Excited. Me too, man. Santiago, how are you? We were we were talking about, if, if anyone's watching live, Santiago has a new background and it's sexier <laughs> than all of ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a new background now. Uh... My wife and a friend um, helped me uh, come up with and when I use it for this and uh, for the podcast in Spanish, hopefully I'll be covering a lot of St. Louis soccer next year. So that's part of preparation for that. But doing great. Just got back from uh, Columbus, Ohio. I was there for work. Mm-hmm. I'm a little tired. Um, didn't sleep much in the last few days, but, but ready to talk about St. Louis CDSC with you guys. Doesn't it hurt to visit a city and there's no soccer to watch? I hate, like, it feels like a waste. Yeah, my trips to Columbus are usually December, so no MLS. Uh, I also go to LA once a year. Last year I was lucky. Um, I got to see uh, LAFC against uh, Portland Timbers. But this year when I went, it was the international break. So so no, no MLS soccer for me. Mm. Yep. Where did I just go? I, I just went to Vegas and I got to see a Vegas Lights game last time I went to Vegas several years ago. Awesome. Yeah. So nice. um, it's a good place to watch the World Cup. I am not an advocate of Vegas in general, but it's a good <laughs> place to watch the, the World Cup. Um, all right. Let's get to it, guys. Jake, this is your last show with us. And uh, mm-hmm. we have some some tears to cry in our beers here, but also um, a lot of celebrations. Like, take us from the get- beginning, man. You were in a very different place a year and a half ago, like you were saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think everyone knows I worked in radio up until a few weeks ago, um, which has been great. I worked in radio a long time, and it helped lead, led me into doing all the podcast stuff. And, Phil, I think you mentioned it recently. I don't remember where, but I think maybe just your tweet on my announcement. But, like, that led me into wanting to do podcasts and help produce podcasts and help develop shows and everything, which led me to me DMing Phil and be like, hey, man, do you need any help with flyover footy? And I had no intentions of being, like, one of the, the guys here talking. Um, I just wanted to help in the, the background and help the show progress um, and edit anything or do do anything I you might need help with. And it progressed to you guys 
actually bringing me on the show, um, which has been awesome. And before I get into, I mean, people haven't seen what I'm doing now, but before I get into that, uh, I kind of came into this whole St. Louis soccer supporter group fandom thing, like as an outsider, as someone not from St. Louis and just kind of like trying to weave my way into it. And you guys really, really brought me into it and like kind of made me one of the guys, which has been awesome. So you guys got me super involved, helped me meet a ton of people. It's gone from um, just like being a, a guy who watched St. Louis FC on the stream at home by myself to like coming in and randomly being recognized at St. Louis city two games, which is nuts. So uh, it, yeah, I thank you guys so much for bringing me into this and, and uh, give, give me a place here in the St. Louis soccer community. It's been awesome. I'll never forget uh, one of the games I met you at recently. And maybe they were talking about the BVB podcast, probably. But I was walking with you and they were like, oh, Jake, what's up, man? They're like, oh, man, I love your podcast. And I was just, no one knew who I was. <laughs> I was like, damn, man. So what did that take? Five minutes for you to surpass me in this city? <laughs> love well, it. it was it was funny because I thought with that time specifically, yeah, we were going to get beers. And, yeah. uh, I thought they would just knew me from like radio stuff. <laughs> um, or being Margo's dad. And they're like, oh, aren't you Jake? I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, from like your podcast. I was like, what? Like, How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I loved it. Um, but yeah, you got a new job. Uh, tell us about your new job. I heard it's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't know, um, I'm kind of like, I, I don't, not, not a tr trader, but I'm like, I'm moving to the other side. Uh, I am officially the new social media manager at St. Louis city SC. I mean, it's like why I really got involved in like soccer culture, like really in, embedded into it is because um, I, over the last couple of years, I uh, like, I kind of, I really got burned out on social media in general. It is something I enjoy and I'm very excited for my new job. Um, but like, I think through my old job, it got me really burnt out and I, I like had this big old lack of creativity and everything. So I, I kind of put this focus on like, over the last couple of years, I'm like, I'm only going to tweet about soccer stuff. Cause that, that's what makes me happy. And that's, what's fun to tweet about. And honestly, like I can look at that moment and like that decision, which helped lead to this job, which is really cool. Um, and I went from tweeting about pop culture, media, radio stuff to, I'm just going to tweet about soccer. Cause that's what I love. And, and that kind of like, like I said, led to this. So now I'm social media manager, St. Louis city SC, really exciting. Now I get a tweet about soccer for my job, which is awesome. But, uh, the downside of that is I, I'm kind of like I'm leaving the supporters crew and the, the St. Louis soccer fan community, as you will. Like I, the cool thing is, like, I still get a My job is to, like, engage with you guys and, and bring you guys like the content. And um, I'm really excited about that and connecting with everybody in that way, too. Um, and I'm excited to see you guys and all the supporters and fans still at soccer games. I'm still going to be around. Um, I'm just going to be like on the other side of the fence, if you will. It's ironic to me because people always thought I'd be the one to cross over to the other side. And here you go, Jake, the, the, <laughs> the most passionate of us all, purest of heart. Now you're working for them. <laughs> <laughs> so is, We're very excited for you, Jake. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Can you talk about like what the job's been like just a little bit? I, I, I actually so I ran into you at the um, the USA Netherlands game because um, I went to the city uh, watch party or whatever. 
And I was worried. I I was I thought you were going to be like actually doing everything. And so I thought you were going to be too busy to like talk to me. I said hello. And I was like, all right, I'm going to let you do your job or whatever. And you were like hanging out. So like you're not like busy tweeting like minute after minute after minute. Like I, I thought you might be. So and you, your job's different than I expected, I guess. Yeah, well, I'll say the like the really cool thing and maybe what's different to like what I've done before. It's like we have a, a full creative team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you guys know a lot of them. Um, but like we have like a photographer and videographer and we have Dan Doling and like we have all these like creative directors and, and dudes. So like at, at the watch party specifically, it's like the yeah, I was tweeting like I wasn't live tweeting those games because it's not a San Luis City game. Mm-hmm. But um, so that was like capturing content, but we had our like photographer and videographer there. So like at halftime, like I tweeted, he got the photos and then I tweeted stuff, which was like made my job real easy. Cause I got to watch, <laughs> watch the game and then uh, tweet yeah. at halftime and tweet after the game. Uh, but like, I think that it's a really awesome team environment. I was talking to Matt, you and I were talking quickly after I started and I think he kind of made a joke. It's like, Oh man, you're, you're like all in. I was like, it's just like, it, it's a really good environment. All the people are awesome. I really enjoy working with them it's a really good team um that's putting out i I would say this isn't okay i'll I'll say from the like few weeks that i've like experienced san luis city sc and like our interaction with some other mls clubs like i think we're really doing stuff that other clubs like aren't even close to um and i'll say that from a supporter i think it's it's pretty apparent from like city flavors and some of the other content they've created before i was there like i'm very new to this still um but I think San Luis City, they just got a really cool team that's not that's doing stuff that other MLS clubs like can't even fathom touching, which is really cool. Well, you know, we've like you said, we know you really well, and we've met everyone else. It seems like a really cool environment. It's good to hear that's going well and that you're enjoying it, and that St. Louis seems to be ahead of the the head in the game, and I love that. Um, Again, like, you know, I tweeted it, but I just want to say quickly, like, I just am in love with the fact that you came to me like so humble, like just wanted to work. Um, you weren't like looking for a spotlight immediately and all that. So, um, and you, you've saved my butt a million, a couple times already, several times already um, in the short time you were here, um, trying to, you know, record shows I couldn't be at or like helping me with audio and, and editing and all that stuff. So, dude, thank you so much. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. We're so happy and proud of you, man. Love it. Thanks, guys. Any, We're gonna miss you, Jake. Yeah, I mean, no, I'll still be around. I'll still see you guys. Just won't be doing. Yeah, we'll miss you at the week. podcast, like. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see you at the games. We'll see your live tweets on game day. So so yeah, we'll be interacting with you. Somehow, I have but... to, we'll have to get some guest spots or something from Jake because I can't go the rest of my life without being on a pod with Jake. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Um, tomorrow we're going to get an email from Com saying, please, if you'd like to speak to Jake, come to us first. <laughs> right. You are right. You no longer have access to Jake. <laughs> no, I, I definitely see all of your tweets, uh, which is good. Um, I, I will, I will say, I think there's been some stuff that you, maybe you guys have been like speculating and I probably like, I haven't been as interactive on my personal Twitter lately. Um, and it, it's not, I feel like maybe you, you guys are putting out some rumors and stuff here and there. I'm not like not liking it because I'm not trying to speculate or not speculate to anything. It's just right. cause I'm literally like, I'm like, I haven't been on my Twitter and stuff as actively cause I've been doing all, all this city stuff. Um, so, but it is funny, like seeing some tweets, I'm like, eh, should I? I don't want to speculate like me and my position now. I don't want to speculate to anything. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm gonna lead lead you on in any way, but um, <laughs> I am I am seeing all your tweets still, um, and I like I am 
I am admin. I am that guy in, in part there's, I will say there's like, we, we, like I said, it's a team thing. So it's not just me, but, uh, I, I think I told someone, maybe it was Will Bramer. Um, he said, so do we direct our negative tweets to you? And I said, I'm just going to reply with a picture of Margo. So if you have anything <laughs> yes. negative to say, nice. the auto reply of Margo looking real cute. <laughs> you can't stay angry after that. No, you're right. <laughs> I was angry impossible. and now I'm just in love. <laughs> oh, on, on that note, because I know this has been speculated to I did not walk into this job and was like, Hey, have you heard of Margot? Let's put her on everything. I will say, <laughs> that was not my idea. They they came to me, and I just need to put it on the record. I did not walk in into St. Louis City SC HQ and was like, let's put my dog everywhere. Well, <laughs> I mean, do, do the paychecks go to you or do they go to her? Well, that that was the thing. I did I did have to ask when I got my first paycheck. I said. Was this is this like my actual salary or is this like an appearance fee for Margot? <laughs> exactly. Like who's hey. actually getting paid? <laughs> the truth is Margot signed first, and then Jake was signed. That's the truth. Yeah, Margot, the, the designated pupper. We, yeah, we all know Mar Margot. This is honestly Margot's job. I'm just the thumbs. <laughs> she was like, "Listen, it's it's a it's a combo package. It's me and Jake, or you don't get me at all." And they were like, "God damn it!" As it should be. We'll take Jake. <laughs> I will say, I think I think people finally got what they wanted with with Margot, though. Yeah, yeah, really that's awesome. awesome. It was good stuff. Yeah, she looked great. <laughs> can't say the club's never given the fans what they want that's for sure <laughs> all right jake uh we'll let you go man this is it yeah you are yeah. legally obligated to leave the show before we start talking about rumors <laughs> i don't even know if i was legally uh, like available to do this first 13 minutes but i appreciate you guys having me <laughs> yeah, we'll man. find out tomorrow thank you so much yep. cheers later, jake guys. bye jake cheers. You guys. bye <laughs> great guy that jake cheers to jake that was uh he's the best yeah super cool can't even pretend trash talk him after he left oh i know it like hurt me to pretend to make fun of him um <laughs> uh, oops that's not what i meant to hit sorry guys okay uh so we are we're going to talk about soccer now we have actually it's a small outline but each dot on that outline could take a while so um and i know matt has been matt i mean have you been going through withdrawal like not talking about all the things you've been researching you've been doing a lot of research. well i so thankfully i created my own little city sc report like weekly thing just because i i can't <laughs> keep it in like I, I i was talking to somebody earlier and they were talking about like what do they do for hobbies or to unwind or to just decompress and i realized that like the thing that decompresses for me is researching nerdy soccer stuff. Yeah. So totally. yeah, I, it, it's definitely hurt to not talk with you guys about it during the world cup. <laughs> it's even hurt a little bit trying to actually focus on the world cup, especially after the, the U S went out because I just want to shift so much back into city stuff. I want news to start happening again. So the expansion draft when it happened was kind of like my beacon in the darkness there. Yep. And the holidays have gotten me real good. I'm, I'm the opposite where I, <laughs> I've i been busy and I've been using the World Cup as, as a bit of a relaxing thing. So um, mostly hosting tonight. So let's talk about the first thing we want to talk about, which is since we haven't met in a while, we haven't talked about several official signings at this point. Listing off a couple um, of the two guys that are official. Let's start with them. Akil Watts, Celio Pompeu, and Max Schneider's finally. Uh, we've been talking about him for a while, but it's finally official, right? Thank God. Thank God. I agree. <laughs> like I, 
Max Schneider in particular, I don't know if I could have made it through the holidays still speculating <laughs> if he was going to get his green card, if we were going to use an international slot. Like that was because, and he was already being on MLSPA's payroll. Like we knew right. he had a contract. Yeah. So that whole, that whole thing, I'm just so glad that they got the international slot when they did for the price that they did ahead of the expansion draft. Cause if you remember, we had, we traded for three additional international slots, used one on him, got it at a discount. I mean, it all works out pretty well. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that though, for a second, because it, I guess we're assuming at this point that we are using an international slot. Um, but we've also talked about and joked about in our, in our DMS about how Charlotte was able to, um, once the green card happened, flip that to not being an international slot anymore. So yeah. are we assuming that's what's going to happen with Schneider or what do you think? I, I think at some point I would expect him to be maybe one of the first people because he's been with us uh, the longest of anyone currently occupying an international slot. And so we know that in the early parts of last season, Charlotte converted, I think, two players from international to domestic when they got their green card despite the MLS rules explicitly saying that you have to do that by the roster lock date. We, we found out there was a gray area implemented after it could be in the next year's rules. I don't know. I would definitely expect him to fall into that category, mm-hmm. which just kind of goes to show and remind everybody that while we have nine players occupying those slots now, that's going to be nebulous. It could change before opening day and it, definitely will change next season freeing up some of those slots again for secondary transfer windows next year matt so since he ha- since he has been signed since february march do you think he's ahead of the rest of the international guys on the green card uh, process oh yeah I-, I have to believe that mm-hmm. yeah th- I mean, there's no reason um i think he i would expect him to have been signed with that expectation or at least possibility and so with that possibility existing it only makes sense knowing that cities had the infrastructure in place for well over a year to have the the legal team that can go through that green card process to go ahead and get it started for him yeah and i and i mean i think it's plausible that we you know what do we have three international slots or two not two, two plus and two left and then if he were to get his green card midseason and that frees that up i mean in the next transfer window i envision us having three if we want them or you know having mm-hmm. three to sell if we don't want them so well i think the january transfer the january transfer window is going to be interesting because that will we can bring in more players or at least one or two more right now but we're going to talk about the super draft later and there is an element of these international slots that could be at play there as well Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely a couple different things that could happen we could walk into the season when it starts in late february with no free international slots and then as our folks get green cards they open up that would be fine too i think my only thing is i just want to have flexibility And so I never want to be in a position where we're completely stocked up and there's no hope of a player converting before the next transfer window. Because once you're in that position, you're really limited on who you can sign and from where. Mm -hmm. So it it restricts you in a lot of different ways from your scouting and recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what they said, too. They were like, we want the flexibility. So great. Yep. Great, great, great. Okay, so Keel Watts, Celia Pompeu, are these surprises? Um, I, I for I for one is expected a Keel Watts. I didn't expect Celio, but I, it makes sense to me, especially after watching him against Bayer. Really, that was more of a for sure. Yes. 
Yeah, to, to me, neither was surprising. Uh, they were more of a relief. So in a different way than Schneider. Akil, if you remember, was the player who was overtly discussed last year in the Post-Dispatch article as Hackworth saying he forecasted him as an outside back in MLS, mm. despite the fact that he loves playing uh, central mid the most. And so there's always been that conversation for us before that, but especially after that article came out for Akil. And when the MLSPA salary guide came out last year, we saw that Max and Celio were on MLS deals, indicating that they had options that could be picked up. Akil wasn't, so he was on. He was he was that player, I think, at the top of everybody's list besides those two, um, along with a couple others. But he was definitely up there that we wanted to see and were hopeful about. So the flexibility that he also offers with that midfield and and he can play that box to box and what Hackworth said about uh, outside back um, speculation in MLS gives flexibility that mirrors a lot of the other players that we've been signing. Yeah. And after the expansion draft, you know, the two holes that I was seeing and we're about to address one, but uh, having a total lack of central midfield and then, you know, missing a right back, um, those two especially fill some holes that we were like, okay, what the hell are they thinking? Obviously yep. that's what they were thinking. So um, interesting there. Okay. So the other, Oh, go ahead. It does. It does beg the question though. Um, Cause we're talking about filling out the roster. It does beg the question with, and Celio before we even think about overlooking him, the guy basically led the entire MLS next pro league in chances created. Mm-hmm. So his, his position on either wing, because he started, he started on the left side when we started bringing internationals in, he moved out right, which to me always said he is the kind of player that loots Bradley and Hackworth want to see on the field. He is one of those best 11. And when you have a player of that caliber in that kind of a league, you're going to find a way to keep him on the field. Yep. So his, his best position may be out left, but he Jensen and, and whoever else Ezra had had that position. He moved over because we needed to keep him on the field. So that's kind of why he wasn't as much of a surprise, even with the MLSPA option that existed in his contract. Um, and, and I just think that that lends itself to what, you know, I'm, been putting together a depth chart. I got him on the on the right hand side right now mm-hmm. in in the depth chart only because we have so many players right now who are quote unquote left wingers or left mids as their primary position. So where I'm going with that is it kind of I think of Max Akil and Celio right now as more depth, but that might be because of the experience that they have uh, and, and the expectations from some of the international players that came over, which we've talked about last year, expecting the internationals to start more or less. I, I hope that Akil, Celio and Max all push just like Kyle Hebert and Josh Yarrow for playing time. Um, I just don't know really what to expect when it comes to the MLS roster, knowing that we brought in these internationals specifically for uh, the MLS side. I would, Air on the side of seeing them ahead in the depth chart initially, but depth charts are kind of meaningless. It's just fun to speculate at this yeah. point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got so many games. We play uh, an athletic style, so like, we're. I think we're going to need them. I don't think it's a question at this point. And I'm glad you brought up those Pompeo uh, stats as far as MLS Next Pro. I, I think that's really cool. To, we'll be able to compare what that looks like in MLS. And we've seen other players do well in MLS with MLS Next Pro stats. So, I mean, it, it'll be cool to watch next year. Um, and the last thing I'll say about Akil Watts, I said it uh, when we did that game a million times, probably too many times, Santiago, that um, you know we led the league in shots outside the box. And Akil Watts, you know, I think was the top guy for efficiency in scoring goals outside the box box um 
And I would say he was one of two goals that I thought we were going to score in that game against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, yep. I thought it was going in when I was like, I saw him at the top of the box wide open, saw the ball get to his feet. I was like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> that was yep. one of our best chances. And so he did that against a Bundesliga club with some really quality players. He can do that in MLS at this point. You know, like I think so. So that was 100%. Cool 100%. Yeah, he definitely earned his spot in the MLS team with the way he played in MLS Next Pro. Yeah, agree. Cool. All right, so that leads us to Jake Norwinski, and that is the Vancouver Whitecaps player that we picked up as a free agent, right? Or no, did we buy him? No, nah, free agent. I thought so. Okay. Um, I won't say much more. He's a right back. Um, I'm really glad we solidified that position with a player that's a veteran in MLS, one of the few, actually, that we picked up that are MLS veterans. Uh, did you guys have some more to say about him? Yeah, I mean, he he fills that need a right back. So right now you slot him in as our starting right back. Mm-hmm. And he, he has experience. So he's 28 years old. He was a, a super draft pick from Vancouver back in 2017. He's played his entire career with them so far. He's played with Tim Parker. So that's kind of a reunion in our back line for them, uh, Parker and, and uh, Nerwinski. But the thing with Vancouver is that as he's kind of aged with them, they've, they've been shifting where his positioning has been. So talking with some of the the fans and media out in Vancouver it's if you saw social media there was a mixed bag from him and I I wondered about that because looking back at some of their games he's been playing on the left side of of their two center backs and that was the big takeaway is that playing him out of position on his weak foot was very detrimental to his his progress very detrimental to his growth and his success on the field so getting him explicitly back on that right back side and on the right side of the field with his he's right footed is is just going in this style too because Vancouver was one of the top 5 or 6 teams in MLS in pressing uh, historically let alone last year so he had he has a lot of familiarity with the style of play he's going to need to play to be successful in our system and given his comfortability with Tim Parker and also I think it's just a change of scenery is going to do him well um He's good. He's he's a he's a very fan friendly. He does lots of lots of media, lots of charity. He's he just sounds like a really overall good guy to have. Um, he was the uh, MLS PA union rep. He was a, a vice captain for mm-hmm. the Whitecaps there. Cool. So he's got leadership, and it, with so many years in the league, I think that is the kind of so Lutz talks about our spine. I think that's the kind of anchor that you're going to need: experience, leadership, and uh, just style of play. So I'm a huge fan of the signing. Yeah, and to hear that he played some center back um, and in a pinch, he was the guy they chose to do that, right? And so obviously that means he can handle defensive duties at the right back position. He can press in a pressing system, like you said, Matt. Really cool things to hear. And to think about the way that Ben DeRosa played right back last year, if it's similar, that sounds like exactly the kind of guy I would expect, actually. I wasn't looking. I did not expect an attacking, flashy right back in the least. This is like kind of what I expected. Not to speak bad of the guy. I'm, I'm very happy with, with what we got. Yeah, it's a, it's a great signing. And I like the fact, as Matt said, uh, that he's uh, familiar with Tim Parker. They have played together before, even though it was a few years ago. Having guys who know each other and that have played together before, uh, it's a plus uh, for a new team. And we saw some of that with City too. You had uh, you had um, Dolling, um, Creek, and um, and um, obviously the name is escaping right now. Uh, can you guys help me out? 
Oh, sorry. Oh, um, Parker? No? No, no Parker. Um, oh, my God. Kyle Heber. Sorry about Thank that. Yeah. Uh, brain fart. Um, oh. My bad. But yeah, they all of them played together in college. And you also Missouri had State, a yeah. B, B, in Missouri State. They also, uh, we also had a Vitor Diaz and a Max Snyder from Marshall University. So having players that know each other and know how each other play is always great, especially for, for a new team. And he's not overly expensive, too. That's the other thing. So when we're talking about signings, there's always an eye for is is this cost effective? Are we going to be in a good position after this? Is this where we're kind of splashing the cash, so to speak, with the MLS uh, allocation money? And uh, Nerwinski last year, MLSPA reported he had he was on a salary uh, guaranteed total of 350000 So uh, decently high, especially given – I mean, but not – not too high given his uh, length of service. Hmm. You know, he and the fact that he's eligible for free agency. MLS has very specific rules and guidelines around even who is eligible. It's why they have a re-entry draft. Uh, but I, I, so I wasn't, I was very happy by, that we had this type of player with this experience, this caliber at this price. Yeah, price, right, price. We need to talk about that more often because it is very important. Not that we can nail down every detail, but it is important. It, well, it's it's tough to be well, – you're never going to be specific. I think that's the, yeah. always the caveat is that, A, we don't ever know specifically how much allocation money we've spent or used. B, we don't know until the MLSPA releases their roster – or their salary numbers what people are actually making real time that year. All we have right now are uh, end of 2022 numbers. We don't know the contract he's on with City, and the slots. Do we talk about the slots later? <laughs> I mean, we might as well talk about him now because I think Nerwinski was the last, most recent uh, confirmed signing. From here, we've just got some rumors. So, Tom Timmerman put an article in the Post Dispatch where he, he numbered some uh, roster slots and he had some speculation about how, like, where people are fitting in. So, uh, quick plug for our MLS 2.0 pod that we did which is always relevant that mm-hmm. phil and i have that that goes into detail on this the roster makeup but essentially we have up to 20 slots on our senior roster that count against our salary cap so the game we play now that we have a lot of players is is this player on the senior roster or are they on the supplemental roster mm-hmm. because right now we don't know by opening day we should know because once those rosters are submitted to mls they have to be categorized mm-hmm. and so we'll be able to just log on to the website or the app and see what status a player has. Are they domestic, international, designated player, uh, U22, uh, senior roster, supplemental roster, homegrown, Generation Adidas? All of those things will be labeled. But for now, it's pure speculation. So um, my theory is that we have completely used up our available supplemental roster slots. I'll just say that right there and, and go out on a limb saying that. So supplemental roster slots do not count against the salary cap. They have restrictions on how much you can pay a player and they still fit on this um, on the supplemental roster. So that's the big thing is they don't count against the salary cap. I personally right now am seeing probably um, Akil Watts, Kyle Hebert, Celio Pompeo, Max Schneider, all on supplemental roster. And then we have a lot of players who have been making money that makes them eligible. So you could look at John Bell, John Nelson, Hmm. Josh Yarrow, Azeel Jackson, Jared Stroud, all players who are making uh, last year from MLSPA less than $84,000 a year, which is the kind of the cap for that supplemental roster. So they all qualify, but there's two players more than we have supplemental slots. 
So you can mix and match however you want. I think our supplemental slots are, are full with one left over. So we have one spot that I'm basically reserving for whoever we draft number one overall in the super draft mm-hmm. or whoever we draft in the super draft, assuming it's a generation Adidas player Yeah, because that player automatically goes to the supplemental slot because they don't count against the salary cap. It's one of the huge perks of the generation Adidas contract for the team and why you always see other than the skill, you always see the GA players go off the board first in the super draft because they're just so cost effective for the teams. Makes sense. So, so there is there exists also two additional slots we could use specifically for homegrown players, which don't count against the cap. So you're looking basically right now at probably 14 of the 20 players we've confirmed signed for our senior roster. Oh, okay. So that's what I was going to ask. We'll just go with this. You said we have 14 out of 20, and so we got 20 total. That's interesting. 20, up to 20 total, yeah. You have to have at least 18. So oh, we okay. could, yeah, it's one of those, you, you have to fill 18, but you can go as high as 20 on the senior roster. So I guess my question is, it feels like Charlotte keeps adding players, right? And even like FC Cincinnati seemed like they were adding players like crazy. I didn't realize there was a maximum players they could have. I guess maybe they were able to push them all down to supplemental or release people. I don't know what they did, but it just felt like they kept throwing guys on the roster. So like if this goes bad... And we need more players second half of the season. We can only have 20. What do you, what happens here? (laughs) There are exceptions for injuries, um, long-term replacements, those kinds of things. So if a player goes down, there are built-in rules to where we can bring somebody in. Um, there, I mean, of course, this will be interesting to see how this plays out for us. I didn't follow it too closely for other teams, but you remember the city two conversations we had all year long, wondering which uh, MLS players are actually going to play for the two team. We're going to have the same deal here where it could be, and, and we could have city two players be signed or graduated up. So some of these supplemental players that we have, whether it's Nelson or bell or Hebert, um, you know, Yarrow, any of these guys, mm-hmm. they could find themselves playing a decent amount of time for city two If they don't get quality minutes week in and week out for city. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mad, but, if you promote a city to player, um, you you still need to have a spot, right? Like it's not like oh, you yeah. can. Okay. Yeah. So if if a player is on the MLS roster, they can you know be loaned down essentially and then go back up. Like it's it's willy nilly back and forth. But if a player, so Ezra Armstrong, let's just use him right now because he's signed to City too. He can't just come up and play for City. He has to actually be signed to an MLS contract um, if he wants to see action for City. Oh, yeah, yeah, similar to like an MLB 40-man roster. Exactly. That that's, So in real life, uh, and not on podcasts, but I that's the best way that I've ever been able to get people to understand slightly the senior supplemental and all that stuff is that it is like the 40-man roster if you were always able to draw from the 40-man roster. Mm-hmm, like right. it, it was, it, It's like the 40-man roster in September. Yeah. It makes sense. It's e- I mean, it does make it a lot easier, especially to a St. Louis Cardinals fans know that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, um, we need to give that bug to like 101 and them and say, listen, <laughs> there's a way you can say it for totally. your audience. Yeah, right. Absolutely. All right, cool. Let's talk about some rumored signings. Let's start with the one that seems a little more solid. Stu may disagree, actually, and I hope you do. I want you to hear, want to hear your opinion on that. Ben Loon, who is the goalkeeper, um, star goalkeeper in USL for Phoenix Rising. Um, I've heard very good things from all my USL friends, so I'm happy about this. 
He's a German, uh, but I've also heard that he definitely has a green card, so he's an American, okay? So everyone from now yes. on can consider him an American as far as our international roster slots. Uh, but yes, Stu, let's start with you, man. What You were a little uh, worried about this one or something, right? Oh, I really like Kyle Martin. Um, so oh. Kyle would be my go-to USL keeper. But a lot of it's, uh, you know, personal bias, all that. Uh, ben is a angler. He really is. He's great. Quality. Um, so I, I don't dislike the signing at all. If if you're looking at an area where USL has a lot of quality in a position, it's goalkeeper. Hmm. So the fact that we're drawing upon that and reaching out, it's, I really like that. And uh, the signings seem to be confirmed by uh, the Phoenix Rising. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned goalkeepers in USL being solid. Absolutely. I w- isn't it the uh, MLS final? Once McCarthy came in, it was like two USL, former USL goalkeepers at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, that's amazing. And they both performed extremely well. We can see the quality is there. And I, my favorite thing is that, you know, I just love that Lutz and obviously having Hackworth on, on, on the front office staff, um, they respect that and they, they appreciate that as well. I like that. I'm glad. I, 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 there's value to be had in the USL. And last thing I'll say is that next week, I hope to get um, USL Tactics' John Morrissey to kind of give us a, a scouting report on some of the best USL options if we were to give some of them a shot. So that's something to look forward to next week. Um, any other thoughts on Ben Lund? Very solid signing. Um, yep. going to be a great backup for for Roman Berkey and yeah, USL experience also uh, has experience playing for Hackworth. Uh, St. Louis fans have some bad memories from him because uh, when <laughs> St. Louis <laughs> FC played uh, Louisville in the playoffs back in 2020, he has stopped a penalty kick from Wallfall that could have really changed that game that definitely changed the momentum. But yeah, solid signing. Uh, when I saw the initial reports, I was like, I knew he's German, but I didn't know anything about a green card. So I was like, international slot for a backup player. But but then uh, I did some research, and, and you also guys confirmed that he has a green card. So yeah, probably the only time we'll ever thank FC Cincinnati with Louisville and, and with Rising. So I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, as as Stu said, I'm also team Kyle Morton. So. All this time, I was hoping, okay, I hope they, they bring Kyle Morton. Uh, he comes back to St. Louis as a backup. Um, he had a great season with, with Louisville, too. But but uh, Lund is a great signing, too. I like it. Wait, so and I did not look to his specificities in uh, Louisville, but he was the keeper in the playoffs when St. Louis FC went there for their final match? He was. He was. He stopped that PK. Do you think he saw yeah. us all cry after the match? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was some there was some sadness after that and oh man, that I don't know how to feel about him now. <laughs> Oof. Well, there's a history of uh, I'll never forget when uh, Sean Reynolds was like pulled that BS penalty or foul against us oh, when he yeah. came to town. And so when he, we signed him, I was like, wait, that Sean Reynolds? <laughs> so <laughs> we have a history of loving these guys eventually, right? 
Oh yeah. And uh, so I, I was trying to see like, so he was a draft pick, uh, super draft pick from Cincinnati back in 2019 in their expansion year. He was like the second keeper, fourth overall keeper they had picked that year. That was their horrendous first year roster build. Um, but it ended up good for, for Lund as he, you know, obviously had some time with some great USL clubs, but some of the things that, uh, their, their coaching staff at the time in Cincinnati were saying is that he's, he's good with his feet. He's tall. Um, he's able to distribute the ball very well. He, he plays really well with, um, with, with his, with his first touches. So there's, there's a lot to like. And I think if he has good distribution, that plays really well with our defenders and where they'll be on the field. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see, I'm interested to see like the type of, um, playing time he gets because he fits the bill a with the experienced backup keeper, uh, at a, a discount more or less. Like I, I wouldn't expect us to be paying, uh, a top dollar for him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he's around the hundred thousand dollar mark that, you know, it's not terrible because Berkey's, the highest paid keeper in the league. So I'm, I'm curious to see if he, because I would ex- obviously expect Berkey to get the lion's share of minutes just about every game he plays. Is he going to be a U.S. Uh, US Open Cup guy? Is he going to be spot starts for City 2? Is he going to see action during, um, you know, the lead up to League's Cup? You know, whatever it is, just where is he going to fit in the framework and how is it going to affect the young guys that we have coming up hmm. who we had expected to see a lot of time in City 2? Yeah, that'll be cool to watch. And I mean, we rotated our keepers at two like so much, you know, especially once we got Berkey, it was like three keepers. We were like, which one's playing today? So I don't think they're afraid to, but, you know, we'll see. And honestly, I would kind of really like to see that because that'll that will give um, some consistent opportunities for our young guys from the academy. Mm. And it'll it'll keep Loon sharp. You know, it, it'll yeah. afford an opportunity while still being there available for every single MLS match. For the millionth time, we got enough. We got enough games, you know. So. Yep. All right, a couple other rumored guys, but I want Matt to lead the charge on this one. I don't want to mention any names he doesn't want to talk about. So there's some uh, other rumored players that we could be picking up in the near future. This could leak straight into the super draft as well, right? Yeah, I. I mean, I guess the biggest one that we had a rumor. So uh, the Lunt rumor was first put on Twitter by MLS transfers, that, that account. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, I think it was right after they, they said that uh, a possible landing spot while there are a lot of teams interested, possible landing spot for Io um, Akinola from Toronto is in St. Louis. Mm. And that is probably one of the most interesting rumors that, it has really occurred for city at least since since we heard about like Berkey you know that since, since that rumor was was churning this one because Akinola has um, an interesting history he's a 22 year old homegrown player from Toronto uh, former US men's national team player or um, in the player pool rather and he filed that one-time switch in 2021 to Canada where he has dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. And so he, in his first start for Canada against the U.S. back in 21, he tore his ACL. And he had, in MLS league play, just started to put it all together. This, this was a guy who was, he was leading Toronto's attack. Um, he, he was making significant strides. I think he had like nine goals at the time. He was, he was doing it. He was being successful. And so he was out for a year. Came back, middle of last year. 
And a lot changed with Toronto. New coach, new players, new style. And so he, whether it was a, you know getting back in the think, thick of things from the injury or the, the new atmosphere that was in Toronto, it just never clicked for him the rest of the year. And so Toronto seems to be keen on selling him. And the rumor is that they want to bring in a DP striker, hmm. which they had sold their previous DP striker to Miami, I think. Anyway, um, with that comes the rumors of all these other clubs because Akinola is making more than league maximum salary, but he's on a U22 initiative deal, found out today. So I was doing, I was digging back into uh, how long his current contract with Toronto is because he's not a free agent. You know, this is, this would be a a trade. We would be giving GAM probably to Toronto, but he's on a U22 initiative deal, meaning his hit to our salary cap is only going to be $200,000. And that is significant. So that's that's four hundred fifty thousand dollars savings to the salary cap right there. So when you start to think about how much gam would we possibly offer or an international slot, you know, what are we have? We have a lot of things we could offer that would make it all worthwhile because he's on that until the twenty twenty five season. So through twenty four with an option for twenty five. Currently, we would take that contract. There's a lot to like about him. He would provide significant depth and a, a viable second option to Klaus, uh, let alone Joachini. So we, we would have that firm front-end depth um, and, and obviously league experience. So the question mark to me would really be, can he regain form that he was getting into prior to his, his torn ACL? So that's the big rumor. What do you guys think? I think the system thing makes a lot of sense. You watch IO play, it's like he's not a, he's not a possession striker he's a he's a counter-attack striker and um he knows how to press the dude's good he's athletic and he's willing you know he's an a youth men's national u.s youth national team player like those yep. guys it's drilled in their head to be selfless and to put it all leave it all on the field and so you know i've watched him play live uh, before and i mean the kid is a beast right and when he started scoring goals, I was like, oh, man, this is great. So, you know, Matt, when you started talking about how much he costs, I was like, well, this scares me. I don't want it. But then the U22 initiative, it's a little too perfect. Um, yep. So I like it. I don't know if you guys have other thoughts about IO. I like it from the U22 perspective, too, because we haven't used any of those slots yet. So I like that a lot. Uh, I guess it'll come down to um, how much money, um, how much GAM or TAM um CDSC will have to offer to to get him. On top of that, how much the owners are willing? I mean, maybe they don't care. I mean, maybe. I sometimes well, I worry about the owners because it's like they're going to put out money that isn't even part of the cap. So that's just like, yeah, there are they willing? Is it is it something they want to spend money to get this guy? I'm um, I'm sure they will, but it's just like I, I wonder if that's going to run out at some point. They've been well, so it, giving, and we're so and it's lucky. Not, it's not just GAM, too. So we have two open international slots. That could be a use case for one of them, where if Toronto's looking for um, – I, I don't know their international situation, but if they're looking for a DP striker and they need to use an international slot, getting one would be – could be very valuable to them. That could be something that not a lot of teams can offer. Yeah. So that plus some of the GAM that we have, um, hmm. you know, there, there are a lot of – possibilities but lafc is another team i think that is is rumored to be in the mix for them um there's some other teams too so it i just don't want to get into a bidding war that would kind of take us uh too far but all the all the moves you know we always say like you know in loots we trust all of the moves that he's made so far 
seem to be uh, very rational moves. And so you can't really point to any move. Uh, I even point to the Tim Parker as a, a good rational, like very savvy move. And it, so that kind of example just buys credibility to if you're going after Akinola, then you're, you're doing it for the right reasons and you're, you're willing to spend the right amount of money. Yeah. Matt, is it only GAM that you can trade or can you also trade TAM? Um, I don't know that I remember TAM ever being traded. Okay. Just, just curious. Uh, GAM's the one that, GAM. GAM's the one that always does. Well, TAM expires too. That's the other thing. Is right. so TAM has like a four window expiration, so you can't accumulate it and it has very limited spends. So that's it. I think it, it. I think it can be traded, but it's just not as valuable because of its specific use case and expiration. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking that if Toronto is looking for that DPS striker, uh, maybe if that's yeah. possible to trade, that could be a, a good way to to get it done. Stu, I think we. Might... Yeah, it can be traded. Uh, it was it was yeah. more common I think, before. Am I popping out again? No, you're good. Go. You're here. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, Tim can be traded, and I know it was, it was more common a few years ago. I uh, forget thing changed, um, and I think 2019 or so that kind of <clears throat> changed it where uh, GAM is a lot more valuable um, going forward. Uh, I know they're phasing it out over time, so it's more just mm. GAM. But Garber bucks got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure that everyone tries to burn through their TAM first since it does expire. It's like, use it for everything you can. And then right. that makes sense. Um, any other rumors you want to talk about there, Matt? There's, there's another one like that that is actually I like better. I don't know <laughs> if you can talk about it. Um, that plays into the super draft conversation. Yeah. So well, let's just move to the super draft then because it makes the most sense. We got the super draft coming up December 21st and, um, oh shoot. I meant to mention the MLS showcase and basically the only thing to mention there is that John Klein from SLU is going to the showcase, which is like, you know, that's the kid was that was at the showcase. Did I miss it already? Already happened. Yeah. Oh my God. Ninth to the 12th. That's why a lot of these super draft rumors are now heating up. <laughs> Yeah, I've been such a mess this December. Did anyone watch him play? Or how'd it go? Any, anything? Read read about anything? Well, I think it was closed door, but the only thing I read is that um, on the newest uh, Draft Utopia mock list, which is one of the places, uh, one of the sources I use, and one of the, I mean, the guys who run, the guy who runs it's really, really nice. Um, Klein is actually projected in the first round by those guys. Yeah, that's cool. Which was a surprise to me and Stu, right? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't see the hype for, I mean, Johnny Klein is a fantastic player, but he just didn't seem to be getting a lot of love. So it'd be awesome if he went in the first round. It'd be even more awesome if he went in the second and City got him. Yep. Uh, love that. You know, thinking of all the St. Louis players, you can also say while we're at it that Indiana lost in penalties to um, Syracuse. Yep. Tough game. They made a comeback and almost got it back, but uh, you know the the penalties got them. Um, but you know the St. Louis players all looked really good, and they they all had interesting roles. I don't know if we should talk about it today because we should cover the Super Draft, but that was a cool game to watch. Um, but Leah, let's talk about the Super Draft. Matt, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off earlier. Let's let's. No, get into you're it. good. 
You're good. There's so many layers and tentacles and ways we could go with this. <laughs> I mean, right now, um, so the super draft is three rounds. Uh, and St. Louis City has the first pick, first overall pick, because we're the expansion team. Um, the thing that we mentioned earlier with the Super Draft is that the top few picks are likely going to be Generation Adidas contracted players. So if, for anyone who doesn't know, a Generation Adidas contract is given out. It's a joint venture between MLS and Adidas, and it's given out to an underclassman um, that they've really like scouted and, and identified as a really – top performer and it comes with an increased salary for the player it comes with that compensation to the team where they don't count against the salary cap uh it it comes with educational opportunities to the player it's a really like holistic way to say we're we're rewarding you for leaving leaving school early because we think we've identified you as a top talent that should be playing pro right now and so we know all the contracts are with the league and so the player comes out, they sign their GA contract, they're known as a Generation Adidas player from here on out, and those are always the first to go off the board. So right now, uh, as we record this, with the college showcase having just wrapped up, the, and, and no other list having been um, developed or announced of who the actual GA players are, we're speculating of who's going to get that contract because that's our short list of who City is going to be looking at for number one. So we've, we, there's basically one player who it seems from my conversations with like Draft Utopia and some other guys, there's one player that everybody seems to be thinking is going to go number one overall, and that's CJ Fodry. Uh, freshman forward from San Diego State, can play on the wing, uh, is a domestic classified player, 6'2", 170 pounds, youngest player in the, uh, who was invited to the college showcase. He's confirmed that he's going to the draft. There was a question on whether he could be a homegrown player for the LA Galaxy because he was in their system for about a year. Um, but the fact that, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher the name because I haven't looked him up in a while, Elijah Parker? Elijah. Isaiah Parker? No. no. Sorry, I thought you were talking about last year. No, this year. There's a player um, from. Elijah Paul. Paul, Elijah Paul. Thank you. Yeah. So Elijah Paul um, was the expected number one overall, but he didn't get invited to the college showcase. So now there's an assumption that he's going to be a homegrown signing from RSL. Oh yeah. So that kind of thing. So the fact that Fodry uh, was invited to the showcase has given interviews saying that he's entering the draft. That kind of is the writing on the wall that he's going to be eligible. So um, the interesting about him too, is that he's also spent time with the San Diego loyal. He's, he's played some games, scored a goal. So he has experience at that level too. Um, almost universal expectation that he'd be the number one overall pick. So that leads to the interesting conversation of is St. Would St. Louis be willing to take Fodry or could St. Louis make history? And as the first expansion team to trade away their number one overall pick to go down in the order, assumedly and get some additional compensation, which is a very interesting prospect that, is leading to some of those other rumors. So before we talk about some of the other players, I think looking at looking at Fodry in particular as number one overall, um, if he's on the board, the the expectation is him or a couple other players that we'll talk about in a minute. But if St. Louis decides that other teams are more desperate for Fodry and they're willing to kind of um, trade away for that, you know, what are some where would they go? You know, who's who's interested, who's not? So. Uh, the teams that I've heard that could be interested in Fodry are Colorado, San Jose, 
Chicago, Nashville, Portland, Seattle, New England, and Minnesota. So a lot of teams, there's some interesting packages being discussed. Um, I've heard that Colorado could be offering something like uh, the third overall pick because they have the third and the 12th pick. So if they offer the third overall pick and a few hundred thousand in allocation money, just so they can move up and be guaranteed to take Fodry uh, to be like a, a Zardes type replacement. Uh, that package is extremely attractive for St. Louis City mm. because at the third overall pick, you're still going to get a generation Adidas player. You're still going to get one of these top talents. And there are several defenders and attacking midfielders and forwards still left on the board. Uh, San Jose's package that is, is, this seems like an absurd rumor, but it was very specifically said where I was um, in my the conversations I was having is that San Jose could offer the number four overall pick because they have two picks as well, I believe, as well as Cade Cowell. Yes. His, na- his name was legitimately tossed out as a possible uh, player that could be part of that package to get San Jose, the earthquakes up to the number one overall pick. Sold. <laughs> Phil is so excited. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one I like. <laughs> the the inclusion of him almost made me not even read the rest. I, I was like, this is, <laughs> but I mean, the rest of it did. I mean, there are some other like interesting conversations, especially the, the notion that teams that have two picks are most interested. Um, the, the specific amounts of general allocation money being discussed around the 250, $200,000. That's kind of a going rate in the past couple of years for these kinds of trades. So, you know, there does seem to be a level of authenticity to the concepts. Uh, but man, Cade Cowell being the only name that I've read uh, that could be part of a, a package deal is very interesting. Yeah, imagine getting Kate Cowell and you still get the number four pick. I know. Um, exactly. So, and I think with City, um, it's a very particular system. So maybe CJ Fodry is not a system um, player, or maybe he is, but we already have too many wingers. Uh, we have an, other positions that, that we need to find players for. So it will work out for the team um, if they are able to, to make that trade and still pick at number three or number four. The number one prospect for City may not be the number one prospect for those uh, first two picks. So I think it will work out. And think about Couldn't, the kind of players that we need. It's kind of like what you're saying there, Santi. Like, there are a lot of college players that can serve a very good purpose for us. Um, and and you think about the... Um, uh, what is the school that where Schneider went? What are, what were we talking Marshall. about? Yeah, like the Marshall type player, just like athletic and leaving it on the field again. I'll use that phrase again. Like though, there are a lot of college players that fit really well into a St. Louis City system, just like plug and play. Someone got hurt and you need someone to run their butt off, like throw them in. You know, it, it, it could work easily. So like there is just so much more value that we're going to put into a player that other people won't rate. Um, so like trading down is like a no brainer to me in this draft. Those, those scenarios, I mean, you guys took the words right out of my mouth. Those scenarios are why that's so appealing. How many times have we heard Lutz and Bradley talk about, they're not taking necessarily, they're not always going to look at the absolute best player available. They're going to look at the best player for St. Louis city in this system Mm -hmm. that can mesh with these people that have the off the field characteristics, Mm -hmm. all of these things play into it. And so it, 
there's zero doubt in my mind that they rate players vastly different than other teams. So they may have one of these other players in mind for who they really want. And if they can get uh, another team to actually pay them in order to still make it possible to pick that kind of a player that just, it's a win all around. And so that's where you come away from it with Lutz walking into the room. Like he did after the expansion draft with the biggest <laughs> smile on his face. <laughs> he, knew, he knew he made some deals. He was excited. It was really cool. He, he was ready for it. Yeah, he knew. And, and yeah, I think we were saying that before the show started, like I would say most like, MLS fans love to hate on people on Twitter. And I think we got some hate on the Parker deal till all the details came out. And so like yes. other than that hate that we got, like everyone seemed to give a very unexpected a grade to Lutz on, on that, on that draft. And I just kind of am starting to expect some, especially after these rumors, some fun fireworks to go down in this one. Well, and we're hosting the Super Draft, too. It's in St. Yeah. Louis. You know, it, it's going to be broadcast from City Park. So the focus is going to be on us the entire time. And so what what better way to make a splash than to go completely against the grain? <laughs> and it's not like, honestly, it's not like a lot of these number one overall picks mm -hmm. have automatically been superstars. Looking at the last few years, especially where expansion teams have had that number one overall pick, um, you know, you're looking at Ben Bender last year, who did serviceable for Charlotte, but I he's not him. a. Yeah, he's he's not a, like a you know best player in the league. He he's serviceable. He he played 27 games and had three goals, six assists. It was great for what they were needing him to do. Mm. Uh, Daniel Pereira was before that with Austin. Robbie Robinson from Inter Miami. Frankie Amaya for FC Cincinnati. Jao um, Moutinho from LAFC. Abu Danladi from Minnesota, Jack Harrison, Chicago Fire. These aren't household names, right? So these these they're serviceable in what they do, but that just goes to show the the, dyna the dynamics of who you pick number one overall is not going to be like the NFL, where right. that player has the biggest spotlight on them for the entire season. If they don't perform and they don't take over that starting role in that first season and are the guy then it's a bust. It, that's not really what this is. And so knowing the history of that, knowing how you really look for this at value, even with these GA contracted players, mm. I think that lends itself to a lot of the flexibility we're talking about and the the potential for moving out of that number one slot. Absolutely. I think my favorite, um, the biggest name you named was like Jack Harrison. And before the show, we were talking about how that was the last time someone traded the first pick away and mm -hmm. look what happened to him. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a definite win, but, um, you know, it's, it's cool. I still hope we do it. I'm willing to take the risk. Why not? He's got my forgiveness if it goes bad. Just mine, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, uh, some of the other players, so if, even if we don't trade away, there's zero um, certainty that St. Louis City and Lutz, of all people and teams, given their previous comments, there's no certainty that they're going to take Fodry, who's the presumed best player uh, available. Hmm. So if they don't, some of the other names that I've seen on at least two different lists, especially from the guys who are actually watching and have contacts at the showcase on who is acting certain ways, who is uh, who's excited, uh, demeanors, performances, conversations are being had. Some of the other names, uh, and there are usually six or eight GA contracts. I think last year there might have been eight, but there's there's around that six to eight number. So Fodry, we talked about um, Kalani Kosa Rienzi from Washington, a sophomore midfielder defender. 
another domestic player could fill that nice midfield role. He's been compared to Christian Roldan. Hmm. I saw that. So Washington is a, a great soccer school. We know. And so that's Shit. another one. Crap fields though. Crap <laughs> Thank fields. you. Worst. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he can play, um, center midfield, which is one of mm-hmm. the positions, um, yeah that we need to uh, find another player for. So I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's apparently ambidextrous with his feet, so it doesn't <laughs> matter what side he plays on. That was an interesting stat I found. And uh, so, I mean, that and that position in particular. So we know that the, they place priority on that center midfield with Leuven as a DP right now. Mm-hmm. So looking at him, if he was taken first overall or we targeted him later on, that to me tells me he can fit the system because I don't think we would sign a center mid who wouldn't fit our system. More so than a lot of the other positions. Yeah. Um, Bertin Jacquesson from Pittsburgh is another one. He's a junior midfielder, um, French international. Not from the French men's team, but a, he's an international <laughs> player from France. Um, winger for Pittsburgh. Uh, I've heard some conflicting things on whether he would be offered a GA contract until uh, after the showcase. He's one of those guys who is rated very highly by some oh. folks in camp. Stuart, you um, liked him, right? Yeah, no, everything I heard of Pittsburgh here was fantastic. So I think he had eight goals this, over this college season. Yep. And he's a number 10. Nice. So he, he, we don't have massive depth at our attacking midfield position, so that could be an interesting prospect, especially, which we're not getting into this, but especially given prospects for Thomas Ostrock in the future mm-hmm. could be a could be an interesting transition and that 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 phrase that haunt, haunts you right exactly yeah <laughs> that he might not be here very long uh, well, what was the quote that uh, Manuel Veth gave us at the the uh, BO4 game it was he wouldn't buy a jersey with Ostrock's name on it because he might not be here long wow That's more of a reason to buy it <laughs> right like, hey he was here first <laughs> collector sign him i'm gonna interrupt you one more time matt I, I see you're ready to go on the next one it, it, do we need to do this now or later so you can tell me to shut up but um internationals ga and the super draft are they still taking an international slot if they're a ga i thought so okay yep Yep. So again, why a lot of these players are internationals. So I, I've got a list of about 10 players and uh, looks like over half of them are internationals mm. from France, from Ghana, Jamaica, Senegal. There's a decent likelihood that we could be selecting a an international player with our first round pick. I guess I'll just say first round because first overall may. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe third or fourth. We'll see. Maybe there's three of them. Well, some of these other guys especially. So there are a lot of forwards in this list, Mm. uh, but there are some significantly talented midfielders or players who can play the 10, center mids. It it really depends on, I think, not just the player themselves, but is is City looking to fit the best available player for their system and who they rate the highest, or are they looking long-term to uh, fill a need in their roster? Because I, I personally would look more to the former and not necessarily pay so much attention to where that person can slot in right now, even as a Generation Adidas player, yeah. because it's going to take some acclimation, right? They're young. They they need some time. It might not be the worst thing if they're behind somebody inherently in the depth chart. You know, I would not look to slot this person in, whoever it is, as a starter right off the bat. 
So I think it lends itself more to, yes, we may have less depth at the center mid than we do our center forward, but that doesn't preclude us from taking a forward as, as first overall or first round. But on that conversation of a midfielder, Josh Bulma from Maryland is another one. Highly rated, a Ghanaian, wing, Ghanaian winger for Maryland. Um, as a freshman, he started to really turn some heads. He played in number 10 for Maryland and is expected to be in the mix to go top five. Hmm. Hmm. The other... The other player that really uh, is being championed a whole lot is um, Nathan Opaku from Syracuse. And so he wasn't at the college showcase because he was obviously playing in the, the championship game. He's another international from Ghana, sophomore, and he plays the forward position. So there's a, there's a lot of intriguing attacking options that exist. There are a lot of other players that could be potential for GA. Those are kind of the top five some other ones that I've been looking at were uh, J.C. Ngando from UNC Greensboro, Matthew Bell from Marshall, uh, a, a midfielder and a forward respectively, both internationals. Matthew Bell is one of the only other freshmen, and the really the, those two freshmen, um, Fodri and Bell, are two, the two highest-rated freshmen that I've seen. So those are names to watch out for, especially when you're thinking about going very young, uh, and letting letting the system develop them a little more more opportunity. S- let's see, Babakar Niang from Wake Forest is another one. I think uh, that that's the international from Senegal. So another forward uh, sophomore. There's a lo- so this this entire list I think is as you're thinking about this when the GA list comes out. These are first round picks and who we're looking to target right off the bat. I don't even personally think it's worth thinking about second or third round, even though mock drafts exist because they're, there's so there's, it's so difficult to speculate other than just seeing who may be available. Once you go through an entire mock draft and see what teams have needs, those exist out there. There, a lot of people spend some good time on them, go read them, but I'm most interested in either me personally, after reading this and looking into it, I'm most interested in uh, CJ Fodry, Kalani Kosa Rienzi, Josh Bulma, potentially Matthew Bell, but Nathan Opaku as well. Mm. All right, so if you have have to pick one of those, uh, who will be your pick? Who would you go with? I I love the idea of trading out of the number one slot. Uh, I I don't, you know, a lot of gam and getting the third or fourth pick. I'm not uh, disillusioned to think we're going to get Cade Cowell, but I like the idea of trading out so that a Colorado or a San Jose can take CJ Faudry, and then we take Josh Bulma. Okay. The one I like, same scenario, trading, and then getting the number three or number four will be a Cosa Rienzi, just because he's a center midfield, and uh, from the yeah. reports I saw, uh, he's a very uh, versatile player, and he can play our positions too, so I like that too. His experience at the number 10 was really appealing, but the thing that caught my eye is this season he was used centrally, Mm-hmm. And he showed a lot of great two-way work rate and effectiveness in multiple areas of the yes. pitch. So that really caught my eye as something that would be very appealing in, in Lutz's system. Just hearing you guys talk about him, he seems to be kind of my favorite. I haven't done any research yet. <laughs> another player is versatile as well. So that that's another kind of, it's not a requirement, but it's like one of those things that you just tick and say, okay, this would this meets a lot of the 
things that they look for are versatility. We have it with a lot of our wingers. We have it with our midfielders. Mm. And I think he, he would bring a whole lot of that. So he, brings the potential for number 10 he can he can play up front it depends on where the need is and and that gets him into and on the field a lot quicker Stuart, you were mentioning diop a left back how many diop yep yeah we need more left back on the, <laughs> on the side syracuse why don't we uh, just draft another Draft another left back. <laughs> no, I, I feel like on the draft, and you never quite know what you're going to get on that model. After you can get a jacket, a Bobby Robinson who kind of bombs, mm. um, and sometimes you get value for it. Down. If if you're getting a you know Cade Coward or third overall pick and offer for that first first overall, get um, yeah that makes sense. I will say one uh, I, I I don't know the credentials of the, of the person who sent this to me. Somebody sent me a DM and they were very very uh, sure of themselves <laughs> in that. They feel the number one pick is locked in. It's not Fodri, and it is going to be an international player. Mm. But then, but then other sources are saying there are significant conversations about trading away the pick. Mm. I think a lot of it lends itself to just the. There are conversations being had. There's no doubt in my mind that Lutz and Bradley are having conversations with. Ev- they're entertaining every single offer that's coming in, and yeah. so it's likely that sources are saying, "Well, they're in discussions." Because they're never going to hang up the phone. Lutz mentioned a lot before the expansion draft on how many phone calls he was taking, even yeah. while he's doing extra time interviews with yeah. Weeby. <laughs> so this this is that same thing where he's entertaining all these conversations. There are teams calling, and they they want Fodry, and so they're going to trade up, and they want to offer this, that, and the other. But does it align with what City really wants to do? And does City feel confident that, assuming they don't want Fodry, and they are willing to trade away that number one pick, Will they still be able to get their guy in wherever they end up landing? Hmm. Good stuff, Matt. I'm glad you did all your research and more because uh, I've done none, like I said. No, that was really good <laughs> stuff. So thank you so much. It brought me joy. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. <laughs> all right, guys. Is that, should we wrap it up for today? Um, I hope everyone is going to the expansion draft next Wednesday. Um, there's a party, right? I haven't looked into those details either. There is, yeah, uh, City Park. Okay, so probably like, in I, the Ultra Club. I would assume. I know. Uh, I saw Weeby, Andrew Weeby from Extra Time, saying that he's going to be there and hosting it. Yeah. So there'll be that kind of um, that kind of entourage there too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the last draft it was like pretty much every every MLS media employee was was doing something there. So it was really good. I thought they did a great job interviewing everybody and and really pumping up SLU. I was appreciative of that for sure. So maybe they'll do a little of that again when John Klein comes up. Um, So yeah, look forward to that one. Um, We'll do a review probably the week after that. Um, Maybe that USL episode coming up at some point too. So all right. Yeah, this is this, this is going to be the last really big thing before, obviously before the holidays. And then so after the holidays, training camp starts the players who we've signed some of them don't start officially on their contract like Nerwinski. Uh, his contract doesn't officially start until january hmm. so those players will be official 
training camp's going to kick off after the new year. And then that first preseason tournament, which we didn't really cover, but it's a thing, uh, is occurring is at Coachella. Yeah. The Coachella Valley Invitational. So city has three known preseason games in February, uh, that will lead up to MLS starting their season on February 25th. So it's, it's going to happen pretty fast. We should also have a, a schedule um, for the super draft. Um, that's also something we didn't talk about. That damn shady MLS verbiage of it'll be out by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> who is Come it today on. said that tomorrow is before the end of the year? So who knows? Right. I was I was told today is before the end of the year. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, I, I just saw uh, Harry's uh, message. Um, uh, he said tomorrow. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty confident that everything we just talked about is going to have new information come out tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's just right. So we haven't right. we haven't done this in a while, and so it's all just going to come out the day after we we record. <laughs> and hopefully, there's going to be something long term of value left over. Do you guys have any guesses for the home opener? Hmm. KC. That that would be the idea, but I just don't know if if the league uh, will. We got to think money, uh, actually. We got to think yeah. who would be uh, like the money watcher. I want to see the Chicago Fire. Chicago mm. Fire. Because I think I think they're going to have SKC be our uh, rival, rival right. week person right. or team. And so they're going to save them in the schedule for those couple weeks that, that they do the entire league with their rivalry week. So other than that, random, the, the most... The other random team that they could bring in that would have the biggest impact locally, and you can market it as somewhat of a rivalry, even if that's not the one for the league, mm -hmm. is the Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire. Yeah, that makes sense, too. But yeah, the idea for me would be a sporting KC, but as Matt said, I don't think the league... I think the league will keep those for rivalry week. What uh, I'm, What big signing? Like, who's the star of MLS right now? Is it still Carlos Vela or... Chicharito. Insigne? Insigne, it could be, yeah. But we're not in that conference. I wonder if that matters. Yeah, no. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think oh. what would bring the most attention on ESPN. Like LAFC was there. No, was it Galaxy or LAFC that did the home opener for Charlotte? Do, do you guys remember? Galaxy. Mm. Galaxy. Yeah. So maybe LAFC, the reigning champion. Cardinal that would Bella. be big. That would be now, a big game. Well, that I mean, that would lead into the conversation of is our first home match going to be opening week to conflict or really coincide with uh, the Rose Bowl hosting El Trafico? Or are they going to have week two yeah, after after the big focus on opening week, after the focus on the Rose Bowl, we get the spotlight in week two? I personally think it's week two just because opening week, like you have the Rose Bowl game and uh, the focus is on like, first week of for the league then on week two you can put the spotlight on on cdsc i agree i would love that the other thing about the fire i just thought about this is uh swiss internationals head to head berkey and shakiri so that's kind of a fun there story, you go right? yeah that would be fun i i do like the point though of uh, a marquee team not really related to a rivalry necessarily and i like the concept of lafc coming out here and opening now i i also had the thought of do i want it to be kind of a team that is we could kick around a little bit or would be competitive to an expansion team or hmm. the, the, like the sexiest type team you could bring in because that's with that thought, you don't really want LAFC coming in because mm, we yeah. have a bigger chance of losing. Yeah. 
but we're not because, you know, first game of the year, first home game, there's no way we're going to lose with how fired up our crowd's going to be. <laughs> That's right. Right? Drinking that Kool-Aid all day long. <laughs> always. We always are here at Flyover. City, the City Red Kool-Aid. Can't help ourselves. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening uh, to this show, this comeback show. We'll be bringing you lots more in the near future. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. See you guys.